You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Mark, and uh, did you know Ryan was once in a porno? <laughs> I'm Ryan, and you think you know someone your whole life, and then all of a sudden, they host the podcast. So, we've been uh, away for a little bit, unfortunately. We have. Um, of course, that doesn't really make much sense, because this episode is recorded way ahead of time, but we uh, had some illnesses, and I've still got an illness now, uh, which is why we missed a, a couple of weeks of episodes. But don't worry, we're going to have everything scheduled. It feels really weird to feel behind schedule, but no one else knows we're behind schedule until we tell them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be back every week. Uh, I've, we've sorted out a way to make sure our schedule uh, can account for illnesses and, and stuff like that. So we should be back to normal. Uh, how you been, Ryan? I've been good. I mean, we say account for illnesses, and we also mean account for the amount of Halo I'm playing at the moment. Okay, yes, that, that is, so that, that, that will date this episode yep. right away, won't it? <laughs> it's, it's, what it's, the, it's the end of November, Halo is back, uh, I'm loving it and shouting uh, in equal measure. Yeah, and I, I think this episode will probably come out uh, in 2022, based maybe, on, maybe based we'll on we'll the schedule. Then. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, who knows? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be back here, uh, please ignore any of my coughs if you hear them, I'll try to avoid that. Uh, but we are back with season two, episode four, the one with Phoebe's husband. Yes, this this is one of those episodes where I think I hate it and think it's really dull until I actually sit and watch it and remember that I love it. I think, yeah, there's there's bits in it with Phoebe's husband, I guess the title of the episode, that's kind of a bit boring and, and doesn't really have any impact to the series. But I guess we'll discuss that as we go through the episode, really. Yeah. So, sure. um we're going to start out with uh, the very f- beginning of the episode, I guess. Mom, would you relax? That was ten blocks from here, and the woman was walking alone at night. I would never do that. Mom, come on, stop worrying. This is a safe street. This is a safe building. There's nothing... Oh, my God! 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 It's fine, you just read the paper. I'm gonna get a pot. It's not for you. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Read the family circus. Enjoy the gentle comedy. Yeah, I'm looking for Phoebe. Does she still live here? Uh, no, she doesn't, but I can, I can get a message to her. Great. Uh, just tell her her husband stopped by. Her what? <laughs> hey, how, how did you do that? So, yeah, we start out at Monica's apartment, and Rachel is chatting to her mum on the phone, who's worried due to the stabbings a few blocks away. Uh, I, I guess this is mid-90s New York, where 
Yes, it's definitely uh, like the Frank Castle era of New York yeah. in my Marvel mind, I guess, where it's just a violent, crime-ridden hellhole. Yeah, because you think of like Times Square now, and it's a, a place that's filled with tourists and wonder and lights and stuff. But 94, around then, it was a pretty seedy place to be, so... New York itself was kind of seen as quite seedy. Yeah, like Central Park was, you know, now it's like this lovely, adorable place of tourism. Yeah. And then back then it was, you'll die if you go there. Yeah, do, do not go there after dark. Yeah. <laughs> you'll disappear, right? Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like I saw a, a picture earlier today on Facebook, which was like an old picture of uh, the subway from like the 19, I think it's like late 1980s. And it was that typical, oh, here's the, the train and it's just covered in graffiti and rust and just a wreck and you're just like, you look like you're going to die there. But that's not the subway I know of. Like, it's a, it's a pretty pretty fine system to go on. Uh, I would say it is in like midtown Manhattan. Yep. When you accidentally get on the wrong train and end up in Queens, things look a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's certainly some stations where you, you do feel like you're in, you know, some place where no one's going to know if you're murdered there. Yeah, I mean, you had a green, you know, certain sub like boroughs of New York. Yeah, I call them sub boroughs of New York. They are, it's definitely like whoa. Like you'll just see the decor of the station change, and suddenly you're like, like the train you get from Manhattan to the airport. Yeah, like to JFK for the first like ten stops, you're like, oh, I like New York. Look like, at hey, New York, it's super clean and stylish. And then all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, we we hit poverty. Yeah, like, we found the poverty line. You can, you can definitely tell by the exits and entrances. Like if they've got the the round exits, which are kind of like from from floor to ceiling and only one person can go through it at a time sort of thing. You're like, oh, this is a dodgy station because there's no one around and they want to make sure that if you want to exit, you've got a, a paid sort of thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, so, you know, her mum's clearly wide, but, you know, it's, it's a big city. There's always stabbings and things going on. Like, if you look at the police reports for your town, you you wouldn't want to live anywhere because they're like, oh, there was a crime here, like, yesterday, and there was a murder, and there was this, and there was that. It's like... Everything happens all around you, no matter where you live. It does. I mean, when we left the area I, I grew up in and moved to the city centre, which you'd assume, you know, is like expensive apartments and, you know, a bit fancier. We looked and the crime rate, well, my, my ex looked, and the crime rate was much higher in our new postcode than our previous postcode. And she was like, I don't understand. How have we moved to, like, swanky apartments and the crime rate's higher? To which my response was, oh, before where we lived, no one called the police. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that there was less crime. It was just that it happened. There was such an everyday occurrence that getting mugged, it wasn't worth calling the police. So you'd be like, yep, you just didn't report it. No, and, and I guess, you know, poor areas, you have less stuff to steal compared to the richer areas. And it's like a weird like system where you just end up stealing it back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, a pigeon flies through the window at Rachel. Have you ever had a, had a bird in your house flying? Hmm... Not really. I've had cats bring half-dead birds oh. in, which is less traumatic. Well, it's more traumatic in the sense that there's a half-dead bird in your house, I've... but it's less difficult to get rid of because you can't <laughs> really move. Well, I've had a squirrel in the house. A squirrel? Yeah. That's that that, that was not exciting to get out, like because they are very skittish, do not want you anywhere near them. How did you get rid of the squirrel? Um, it was basically just leave all the doors open and hope it finds its own way out in, in its own <laughs> calmness, because if it's not calm, it's just like freaking out everywhere, right? And getting tangled up in everything. Uh, so yeah, obviously Rachel's going to freak out. You know, I think a lot of people freak out when a bird like flies at them, especially a pigeon. Uh, I don't know if I'd freak out. I definitely wouldn't reach for the pots and pans. No, uh, it's it's quite it's quite interesting how she does it. Like obviously she's been trained to to look after this bird in in that way. Yeah, but yeah, quite quite an intense thing for like a Rachel character to do. All I was thinking this entire scene is, 
if Monica finds out you put that bird in that pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was more worried about the aftermath of if Monica finds out that what people consider really, you know, a diseased rodent has yep. been in a pot. She's in way more trouble than if the pigeon's still in the apartment. Definitely. Uh, there's then a knock at the door and it's a guy with flowers looking for Phoebe and he's her husband. The first we've learned about this in, you know, 25 plus episodes. Yes, which, I mean, obviously, the being this like 104th time you've watched Friends, it's not a shock. But the first time you're watching Friends, you are just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh my, what's good, what, what, what? And it's, yeah, it's very, very, very cool. Yeah, so it's really interesting to be like, oh, Phoebe's got a husband. Because immediately your brain has like a million and six questions. Yes. I suppose we get some answers later on. We but... do. And you, you put in the notes here, he looks like Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he looks so much like Michael J. Fox to me. But when you actually look at them side by side, they don't really look that alike. No. But for some reason, there's something about his facial structure that screams Michael J. Fox to me. Like, they couldn't get Michael J. Fox, so you hire this guy. So when like, you're making a really rubbish made-for-TV Christmas movie, and you can't get Michael <laughs> J. Fox, you hire this dude. Which isn't in you know a disparaging remark well, on him. It's just he looks like a... I, I get that. Like, Emilio Estevez, to me, feels like you know, low-rent Michael J. Fox. I get that, all right. So I guess this guy would be the, the, the low-rent Emilio Estevez. <laughs> oh, imagine being known as that. I mean, you know, it's being known as something. Like, I guess so. It's fair. I'd, t- I'd take being known as something than not known at all. Well, we then have the intro, and the gang are surprised to find out that Phoebe's married. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Yep. Uh, they then find out that he's gay, and she only married him to get him a green card. So, okay. I, I understand this logic now. This feels like a really like classic, almost archetypal sitcom situation. Yeah. Where it's like, I married the foreigner for a green card. But for some reason, it doesn't feel trite or played out in this episode. It just comes across as like, that's legitimately a thing Phoebe would do. Yeah, I feel like it's a thing you would see on TV. But in real life, many people wouldn't do this, at least without an exchange of money or some other reason. Like, Phoebe gets nothing out of this. I'd have to be really close friends with them to, to do it. Um, and most of them more than likely single. Like, imagine if I was in a committed relationship. Ugh, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm guessing this was easier back then than it is now. Like, I, I know even legitimate couples, it can take absolutely, like, years in America to to get your citizenship and, and green card and stuff like that, despite being married and proving you're married and yeah, everything I, else. I have a friend who moved to the States to be with his wife. And despite being married... And having a stable job, a reputable company, and moving to a stable job at the same reputable company, it still took like four years of nonsense to get approval to move. Yeah, can you prove that you both bought this carpet together four years ago? Where's your receipts? Why is there not a photo of you buying it? Yeah, like <laughs> where's the pictures of you kissing each other? Everyone does that, right? No, like, stop it. Yeah, it, it just means it's like no one wants to get into a country that badly. No. Well, it goes, that's definitely not true. But it's, it's to me, like sneaking across the border is one thing. Seems like that's the easier way. It's almost like piracy in a way, where it's like the the dodgy way is easier than the more legal way. Like, yeah, but pretending to be in love with someone to get married—it's so much effort. I feel like you could just probably sneak sneak through the cracks and not get noticed, rather yeah. than being like, "I'll marry you." Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'd think. Um, Monica is upset that she didn't know. Well, I don't know. Phoebe comes across as this kind of—I don't know—quite quite personal and she doesn't kind of talk about herself too much to people like people think she's weird and kooky but they don't know her yeah you kind of you get general phoebeisms i guess but if i was like tell me something deep and interesting about phoebe you'd be like she believes in ghosts like there's, there's yeah not, i don't think there's many things you can immediately list as that's a, a phoebe trait 
it's more almost like it's a, a sitcom's catchphrase, like that's a Phoebeism. Yeah. Not that's Phoebe. And maybe she just assumes people just know this stuff, even though she doesn't talk about herself. Well, I get the feeling that she deliberately withheld this information because she thought the group would be judgmental. Potentially. Because I mean, I mean, in my mind, like Ross would tell everyone everything because we know he does. He goes up to people and tells them about these free divorces all the time, right? Whereas Phoebe doesn't talk about herself at all. But yeah, you wouldn't just be like, hey, so uh, the film was pretty good last night. Oh, by the way, I'm married to a gay guy for a green card. Like, how would you bring it up? Well, through the course of this conversation with Monica, we uncover that Phoebe had legitimate romantic feelings for her husband. Yes. So what were her motives like in getting married? And yeah. I think that's more why Monica's upset because she's like, what a stupid thing to do. You're just opening yourself up to hurt. Well, I, I guess we'll get on to that a little bit later. Um, but, you know, Phoebe thought that she'd be upset and judgmental. And, yeah, Monica is. So, Monica so, so she's right. Though, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's, she's just mental because, you know, Phoebe did like him. Uh, and then, you know, she got sad when he left and even ate a cheeseburger. Yeah, and given the way kind of the show's kind of presented Monica's kind of need for a relationship, I guess, and not desperation to get married, but desire to get married, the yeah. idea that, like, Phoebe beat her to the post anonymously is probably going to be a bit of a kick in the ego. Yeah, I've never really thought about it that way. Okay, like, she's married. Like, even if it's a sham marriage, who cares? She's still married. Yeah. She's still ticked off that thing that, you know, she was upset about when Ross had a baby and Chandler was like, if you're not married by the time you're 40, it, yeah. you know, it became a, why won't I be married? And then you find out that not only are you not married, Phoebe is. And and then now we get the the secret bitchy competition that we all love from the girls. Uh, the underwear on the uh, the phone pole is from Monica when she was having sex with Fun Bobby on the terrace. And this uh, is quite interesting to me because Chandler also wants to do something on the terrace, and Monica does not want to. Yeah. In a later episode, it's true. And uh, she's quite willing to do stuff with Fun Bobby on the terrace. I mean, I guess different relationships are different dynamics. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But at the same time, if I was Chandler, I'd be very, I'd probably be very upset by this and be like, "Well, what did Fun Bobby and the Terrace have that I don't have?" And we'd probably quite yeah. right about it. Because I, I, I do like the way that the they always have to one up each other, but they're actually quite horrible to each other. And we've mentioned this in previous episodes because this is the third time now. Yeah, I think they've it, at least the girls have come out with stuff. Uh, but then you know they start bringing in like Chandler and Joey into this. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, we see we see in, like, later episodes how close, like, Chandler and Monica used to be, you know, because of stuff like this. Like, Ch- you know, Chandler knows lots about Monica that we kind of don't assume he should know, but he does because they were, they were pretty close at one point. Yeah, like, normally flashbacks are irritating in a TV show. Mm. I feel like they're trying to retroactively force something in that isn't there. But with chandler and monica it doesn't come across like that like you find out they knew they're, they're closer than we assumed yeah but then your brain kind of goes well yeah we only see 30 minutes a week like of course more stuff happens it, it feels like they used to be best friends and then as more of the friends came in they kind of drifted further apart from each other yeah like they were best friends until joey arrived and yeah they became the lads across the hall yeah so that's that's always quite nice to to kind of see uh you 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 put in the notes here that you love the gasp from the gang at the, the cheeseburger truth bomb yeah, like it's it's just like it's, you know, there's some revelations where you'd be like, oh, oh, or like some some are expected. So if you were like, you know, like Ryan overshared on a podcast again, you'd be like, oh, okay. But you know, if it's like a vegetarian ate meat, you'd be like, oh, it's just it's just entertaining. It makes me laugh. The funny thing is, Chandler didn't realise that this was a big secret about Monica and her underwear on the phone pole. No. Now, I guess you, if you think about it a bit more, you start having questions like, how big is this underwear? How's it staying on the phone pole? Like, you always. It would see shoes hanging from, from phone lines. 
Yes. And I know they, they're potentially meant to mean something to some people. Like some people think they're like a, a drug reference in some way. Like this is the place to meet. Yeah, I've heard there was some kind of like gang song. Yeah, something like that. Or it could just be someone stole their shoes and threw them up. They'll found some shoes or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so to see some underwear... I'd probably if I'd just see him, but like someone has some fun. Yeah, in, in my mind though, underwear's not that big to to really hang from a pole. I mean, you don't know what it is. No, that's what I mean. Is it her bra? Is it some tiny pants? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I want to see. Well, yeah. I don't want to see because it's kind of creepy. But I, I'm curious. But I, I do like how Charlie didn't realize it was a big secret. I guess because he's just like, well, everyone's seen it, so they probably figured out at some point or asked or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, I, I get relative channel in the sense that if you tell me some information, you don't express that it's a secret i just assume it's conversation so i wouldn't think twice about bringing it up somewhere else so if i knew that your pants were hanging on the telephone pole outside i wouldn't be like oh, i won't tell anyone this someone would come around and go see them pants you didn't say it was a secret well like i say john didn't realize big secret unlike his third nipple i can't believe you didn't tell me oh come on like you tell me everything now what have i not told you oh i don't know um, how about the fact that the underwear out there on the telephone pole is yours from when you were having sex with fun Bobby out on the terrace? What? Wait a minute. Who told you? You are dead meat. I didn't know it was a big secret. <laughs> no, it's not big. Not at all. You know, kind of the same lines as, say, oh, I don't know, having a third nipple. <gasps> You bitch. <laughs> whip it out, whip it out. Yeah, yeah, no. Come on. There's nothing to see. It's just a tiny bump. It's totally useless. Oh, as, as opposed to your other multifunctional nipples. <laughs> I can't believe you. You told me it was a nubbin. <laughs> Joey, what do you think a nubbin was? I don't know. You see something, you hear a word. I thought that's what it was. <laughs> Let me see it again. Joey was in a porno movie. Ooh. <laughs> if I'm going down, I'm taking everybody with me. All right, all right, all right. I was young and I just wanted a job, okay? But at the last minute, I couldn't go through with it. So they let me be the guy who comes in to fix the copier but can't because there's people having sex on it. <laughs> So what's it shaped like? Yeah, is there a hair on it? What happens if you flick it? <laughs> There's so many funny lines in this. Just it's just like bam, 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 bam. Just just constant. Uh, you get the you bitch line from Chandler again. Yeah, which again is it's, it's seldom happens, but it 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 works. Yeah, I think right. this. Is, I feel like this is like the third time we've heard heard that from one of the characters at least. Mm. But yeah, just just the the slowness of it. Like, just, he's yeah. so angry, like, <gasps> like and then then you have Ross uh, going to Chandler, whip it out, whip it out. This is what I find weird. Like, there's just two things that stand out in this scene for me. One is Rachel's joke about Chandler's multifunctional nipples. Yep. I think that's probably my joke uh, of the episode. Oh, okay, okay. Let, let's uh, let's cue that up then. My joke. It's my joke. Like, it, it just cracks me up every single time. Like, it's difficult not to laugh through the clip when yeah. you played it. To be honest, but then. How doesn't Ross know about the nubbin? They've been friends since what, like high school, college. Surely at some point it would have came up or out, I guess. It would have I, I, well, see, I, I've been thinking about this. 
I feel like Chandler is the type of guy that probably doesn't want to get naked in front of other men, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Chan, uh, Joey has seen it as as he goes, oh, you know, you told me what it was. I feel like Ross is probably the same way. He he would probably be like, oh, you know, I'd, he'd probably get dressed by covering himself in something and trying to get undressed under like the towel or whatever in front of Chandler so he couldn't see. And I, f- I feel like both of them would be kind of like that rather than just wandering around with their tops out. Yeah, that's a fair point. I guess in my mind, I was like, in American high schools, everyone showers together, so you totally would have seen seen this kind of. I thing. I bet John <laughs> Ross didn't shower. They probably didn't even do sports, right? Yeah, they probably yeah. went. Oh, the doctor I got a doctor's note here. They were busy with their band, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I guess and as Brits, we we tend to be quite prudish about that kind of thing. Like yeah. we don't necessarily have like all inclusive showers all the time. Um, but I've been you know shirtless or messing around in a pool or messing around enough that if I had a nubbin, you know, my friends would have noticed by now. You're, you're, you're shirtless in all your phone calls to all your friends, generally. Well, not on purpose. It's just I'm sat there, you know, in my shorts, and you guys happen to FaceTime when I'm not wearing a top. I, I think we should move on from this. Yeah, like, this is not X-rated podcast, Mike. <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're right. Like, Ross probably should have known. But, it, yeah, it's just funny how they seem to, to really go in on this third nipple when everyone knows a third nipple is really just a bump. It's not. It's not like a... A clone. I, I imagine like Photoshop clone tool with one nipple just like perfectly <laughs> somewhere somewhere else. It's just going to be like a weird lump on them. I think it's because it's there. Like everything else is something someone's done, but with Chandler, it's something Chandler has. Yeah, I guess Chandler, Chandler is always in the background, and he pops in and goes, "Ha ha, you did this," and then he fades into the background, and yeah. now it's all about him. It's like it's the one time they can like lampoon Chandler and like drag him down to kind of their level, I guess, and be like, "Ha, we can muck you too," and the nubbin is that, I guess. Well, yeah, because they talk about about Joey's Joey's movie, and then they quickly gloss past that. That's that's not interesting to them anymore. Well, so Joey kind of derails that pretty quickly. Where it's like, I didn't do the the sex scene. I just stood there and was like, I was in the movie. So immediately, you've got Joey's in a porno. You would imagine like the most graphic thing you could yeah. because you're like, oh my god, Joey did a porno. But then you find out he wasn't. Re- he didn't really do a porno. It's, it's when he does his dirty voice, though. <laughs> he was just in the background. <laughs> yeah. That's bad for the paper tray. But <laughs> it's just. It's, I mean, okay, we really mean you. He's diffused that like truth bomb immediately. Well, you know, Joey was in a porno movie that escalated pretty quickly. I think from you know the things that they've been getting. Oh, you know, that's your underwear on the the telephone pole, and you're married to some guy. And then this, it just whoa, where did that come from? But, you know, if, if John is going down, he's going to take everyone with him, right? Well, what I wonder is, were the secrets in my head? Lots of friendship groups have secrets that we all know about each other that the larger group doesn't know about. And I was thinking when I watched this scene, was there a secret that each one of them had that they went to reveal and their brain was like, no, that's too far. That's the nuclear option, yeah. Yeah, like, I'll go to the one, you know, just below that. <laughs> yeah. It's like DEFCON 2. Yeah, of course, they know each other so well and for so long. They know stuff about each other. Yeah. Like, like you can look at Rachel and, you know, she's, she's slept with a bunch of, um, like, dads and that, that she used to look after their, their kids and things. And that, that pops up from time to time. It does. What I find, I guess, funny is that, like, when we talk about people who watch the show, kids, I guess, young people watching the yeah. show now, and it's problematic or it hits different because of generational differences. When we were kids, Rachel sleeping with the dad she used to babysit for was like a judgment on Rachel, whereas now it's very much like, uh, dirty old men. Yes, 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 definitely. I don't know if it's because we were kids and somewhat patriarchally indoctrinated, I don't know, but as as a grown-up, it's definitely like, those dirty kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, so so you got that. Then Monica clearly has some stuff with her when she was fat going on, like they mentioned things. 
Uh, Ross has clearly done some weird things in his life. Yes. Phoebe definitely has done some weird stuff. Uh, Chandler, I feel, is probably like the one who probably can get away with it most. But he, you know, he did kiss a, a man. He did. But I guess that came out. Um, and then, you know, I feel like Joey probably probably is the one who gets away with it the most, really, isn't he? Because he, he probably either doesn't just goes, oh, whatever, doesn't care, or he's oblivious to it. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> It's, I think it's, thinking it's about owning stuff. Like, there's nothing more diffusing to a situation than not being embarrassed by the thing that's meant to embarrass you. Yeah. You know, it's like, hi, you did this, and you go, yeah. It takes the fun out of it straight yeah. away. People want you to blush and cringe and be embarrassed so they can enjoy you being in that position. So when Joe just goes, yeah, yeah, I was young, I wanted the money, and I didn't go through with it. Immediately, there's nothing left to tease Joey about. Yeah. Whereas Chandler trying to deflect from his third nipple, or deflect from his third nipple, rather, he's very much like, oh, you don't talk about that, Chandler. Let's poke, let's poke, let's yeah. flick it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, Joey just wanted a job. He's an actor, like, he's doing an acting job. And, in, you know, in acting, sometimes you have to do nude scenes or you have to do things that you wouldn't want to do. So it's to him, it's fairly normal, right? Yeah, like being someone's butt double. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, at the coffee shop, Ross is still interested in Chandler's extra nipple. Well, uh, like, if I told you I had extra appendages, would you want to see? It, it depends what it is, right? If you said you got a third nipple, I'd be like, oh, who cares? What if I had extra genitals? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that would uh, probably be a bit more interesting. Whether I'd want to see it or not, I don't know. Pro- no. I probably wouldn't. But it would be interesting to be like, that's weird and different. That's different enough where not... Not many people have that going on. I feel like if it's someone you didn't know had it, you'd be like, I want to see. Well, it's, it's, it's like if you had an extra finger, like, oh, can I see? Oh, cool. It might be better at guitar. <laughs> Maybe. It couldn't remember any worse. But yeah, there, there would be, there'd be very few things where you'd be like, I want to see what that is. If you had to have an extra bit of body, an, ex- an, an extra, extra arm. Yeah, and you want one extra arm. Yeah. That's functional. Like something yeah. that's basically useful, useless. Oh, well, I would want something extra that's useless. No, no, like, like an eye in the back of my head would be useful. But weird. Yeah. No, I want, I'd want a third arm. What would you do with it? Well, it means you could hold things with, like, two hands, and then you've got the third arm to, like, open doors and things. Where would it stick out from? Um, I guess the side. But then I was thinking, well, you might as well just have, like, two extra ones then. <laughs> to, to be symmetrical, right? Spider person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to be symmetrical, yeah? Um, yeah, you, you'd be right. Like, extra eyes or whatever would be good. There's probably a lot of things that probably wouldn't be good. No, I don't want extra anything. No. I'm happy with enough. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some extra hair when you uh, start going bald, right? Definitely. It's a terrifying idea. Yeah. Borrow yours. You could, you could do, yes. Uh, Ross and Julie are acting pretty cute, though, at the coffee shop, even if Ross is obsessed with Chandler's nipple. I uh, mean, I feel like everyone would be obsessed with Chandler's nipple. Like, you know Ross got home and was like, hey, Julie. Chandler's got an extra nipple. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in this day and age, there would definitely be phone pictures coming out, right? Oh, but, yeah. Just, yeah, definitely. Uh, but Rachel, she still hates Julie. And, you know, Monica tries to help, but it comes across as a little bit condescending. I guess. But sometimes advice is annoyingly obvious, but sometimes it's what you want to hear. So we'll get to overshare territory again. But, when, you know, during one of my breakups, you were like, there's plenty more fish in the sea. You feel sad now, but you'll be fine. I don't know, I'm reading like a newscast <laughs> voice. But you were like, plenty of fish in the sea. You'll be fine. Get over it. And I'm like, no, Mark, where is me? It's yeah. the worst time in the universe. No one has felt despair like this. And then like six months later, I'm like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine. But of all, all those like kind of friends you've got, all the ones that like, not so much pandered, but were 
overtly comforting like dear dear ryan like it's okay the world is a terrible place yeah wasn't helpful and you being like not so much sack up but you were like yeah it sucks you'll get better I, I guess it's like when you break up and then everyone's like horrible about your ex and you're like well hang, hang on like yes we broke up but you don't need to be horrible about her right now like, in six months time it'll be okay to be horrible about them no even then like it may have been a bad end but it was still a good like, you know, like yes did you hate her the whole time do you always hate all my partners because then that's like weird yeah. like you don't need to do the whole like like you you being negative about them doesn't make me feel better at this point in time yeah it doesn't change the situation no. you're currently in uh, but sometimes i think if you're watching or hearing the advice as a third party it may seem condescending yeah but being watching watching my perspective it was very much just well monica had a point so I don't think it was condescending. It was probably exactly what Rachel needed to be told because she's being a bit of a brat. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Phoebe's en- uh, Phoebe enters in a cute dress. Uh, I don't know, though. Like, for me, the thing about it is just that it really doesn't work for her. Like, it's a little boxy. It's a little odd looking. And I'm surprised, like, the wardrobe department went with it. I have mixed feelings about this outfit. Part of me thinks she's in some kind of advert for pastry. <laughs> like, like she's just walked up a set for some kind of like Danish pastry assortment. And I'm like, what is she wearing? And then the other half is like, it's really cute. So I can't, I can't make, I'm torn. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's cute at all. It, it doesn't like fit her body shape or I don't, it, it, I guess it just doesn't look like it fits. It's like someone like you buying a suit like from Primark and just going, I'm wearing the suit and like, yeah, but it, it doesn't fit you right because it's just so generic on you. Fair. It, it just looks boxy and weird. Like for her, it, and it's not even clothes that she normally wears. Like, yes, I know she's trying to dress up, but Phoebe doesn't dress up in that way and she can like still look normal when she dresses up. I don't know. It's just a weird looking dress, I think. I don't think it suits her at all. Well, I guess Phoebe's one of the characters, I guess, where you couldn't really say she has a set style. No. You kind of think quirky, but then there are plenty of times where Phoebe walks into a room and she's absolutely striking. Yeah. And you're like, that's not a Phoebe outfit. That's a Rachel outfit, but on Phoebe, it's mind-blowing. Yes. Um, whereas Rachel always looks stylish and fashionable. Apart from uh, where she's the worst-looking person at the wedding because she's in the tracksuit and everyone else is all dressed up. I like that, though. I get that. I mean, it's, it's an impromptu moment to it go is, and yes. destroy someone's wedding, which I don't understand why people get more upset over the break than the ruining the wedding. Yeah. Like, I, the, I it's like, which is morally worse. Definitely ruining someone's wedding. Yeah. That is definitely worse than sleeping with someone on a break. Yeah, definitely. Poor. But, but that's, that's a tangent we'll come to in a couple of seasons' time, Can you imagine when we get there and it's just <laughs> going to be me like, why would you ruin happy day? Yes. It's like a giant matrimony rant. Uh, but Phoebe's off to see her husband, Duncan. He's in the capades. The ice capades? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is that the one with the, the monkey in the little car? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know they can skate better than I can, and therefore I hate them. Okay. <laughs> uh, Monica thinks uh, she's dressing up for him and, you know, setting herself up for a fall. But, you know, this is the least dressed up she's kind of ever been, I feel. Cause, just because it's such a plain dress. I mean, I guess if you don't like the outfit, you're not going to appreciate it. I guess... It's all about how do the rest of the characters see it. And the rest of the characters see it as Phoebe's dressed up. So I guess we, we have to take it from their perspective as Phoebe has dressed up, even if we think she doesn't look as good. Well, she reckons uh, it won't happen because she's past this and uh, she just wants to look nice, which I think is fair. Like if you're meeting someone, you know, that you, you like, you want to look nice, don't you? Yeah, no one's ever going to believe if you've put that much effort in. Like imagine if one day I said I was going to hang out with a girl yeah. and you were like, oh, okay. And then you bumped into me and I wasn't wearing a hockey shirt and jeans. And <laughs> I was in like a button down shirt and trousers and my beard was trimmed and my hair was, you know, like. A lot of people I'd, like I'd, I'd be like, oh, where's she from? She must be from money. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what's going on? Are you going to court? Like, <laughs> yeah. just be confused. So yeah, I'm totally, with, I'm totally with Monica. She saw through Phoebe's, you know, pretense. 
Uh, Ross is being a bit cocky in front of Julie, though. Uh, he's out of milk. Maybe Chandler can fill him up. <laughs> Again, I kind of feel bad for Ross because he's never that funny. No. But this episode is quite good. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's trying a bit too hard here. Uh, it's fine. Like, I can see Chandler with his, like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not funny anymore. Stop it, Ross. Yeah. Uh, Julie leaves and uh, Ross and Rachel are then alone. And then Ross starts flirting with Rachel. Like, she's working. Like, what are you doing? Like, stop it. You've just left your girlfriend. Like, she's gone off. And then you start flirting with Rachel just casually. Yeah, and but it's, it doesn't even come across like he doesn't know he's flying. It seems very obvious that he's trying to flirt with Rachel. Yeah, it's almost like he's trying to date two women at the same time, isn't it? Where it's just like, oh, the other one's gone now. Now I can carry on with this one that's just appeared. Yeah, it's like, Ross, remember that you're Ross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Joey. And also, you know Rachel likes you at, at this point, or you must do. After she came to visit you at the airport and everything. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm oblivious, aren't I? So I'd probably still be like, hello, Rachel, how'd you do? I don't assume she didn't like me. And then Ross needs some advice from Rachel about having sex. So why don't we listen to this clip? Can I ask you something? Sure. Yeah. What? Yeah. Come on, talk to me. Okay. What's the longest... You've been in a relationship before ha- having having the sex. Why? Who's not having? Are you and Julie not? Or are you and are you and Julie not having sex? <laughs> Technically, <laughs> no. Wow. Is is it because she's so cold and bad? <laughs> or or is it because she's like kind of bossy, makes it feel like school? No, she's great, and it's not like we haven't done anything. No. I mean, I mean, we we do plenty of other stuff, lots of other stuff. Like no, uh, no, 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 don't need to know the details. <laughs> okay. No, it's just it's it's me. Hmm. You you know, I've only been with one woman my whole life, and she turned out to be a lesbian. Uh-huh. So now I've got myself all psyched out, you know, and it's become like this this thing and I, I you, know, you must just think I'm weird no 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 I don't think it's weird I think I think um in fact in fact you know what I think what I think it's sexy sexy let me tell you something as a woman yeah. there is nothing sexier than a man who does not want to have sex. No kidding. Oh, yeah. In fact, you know what I'd do? What? I'd wait. You'd wait? Yes, absolutely. I would wait and wait. (laughs) Then I'd wait some more. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't care how much she tells you she wants it. I don't care if she begs, she pleads, she tells you she's going to have sex with, with another man. That just means it's working. Oh, women really want this? Mm-hmm. More than jewelry. So, Ross and Julie are not having sex, but plenty of other stuff. Like, thanks for oversharing, Ross. Like, seriously. Like, I mean, like too much. Ross and Rachel don't seem close enough to me at this point to have this conversation. No, I was thinking that too. Like... There's, there's very few people you would have this conversation with, I think. 
Mm. I feel like online, if you're just writing online on a on a message board, you, you'd show anything, right? But but what friends could you actually go up to and just be like, I need some advice about this thing that's kind of embarrassing to me? Yeah. Also, my I'll be honest with you, my brain was kind of like, it's no wonder your wife became a lesbian if plenty of other stuff isn't included in sex. Like, <laughs> is sex just like roll on top of a you know, pump away? Five seconds later, it's finished. Like, what do you mean? Plenty of other like what? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, oversharing. He says like he's only been with one woman. That's a lie. He's been with other women. Like he's clearly done other stuff with other women, right? Yeah. Or assume so. Um, and you know, Ross is like concerned if he has sex again, Judy will become a lesbian too. So, I have a question for you, Ryan. <laughs> Do you have that issue? I mean, I'm more concerned if I'm going to have sex again, Mark, as opposed to the result. Like, I'm you got to be on the team to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like seriously, Ross. Like, what's going on with you? It's so weird because this should be a the boys' conversation, Chandler, Monica, and Joey. Not because you can't talk to women about this kind of thing, but because you're talking to Rachel about it. Yes. Or you're talking to Rachel about you sleeping. Even if it's more that you like it's kind of selfish in a sense because Ross doesn't think Rachel's into him, yeah. which I guess is why he's having this conversation. But you're basically disregarding every remote emotion you ever felt towards Rachel to essentially make yourself feel better about your current relationship and it's just really weird to me yeah it's weird to to do that i guess like maybe asking someone of like the same sex of as you is probably easier right even if he thinks there's nothing going on there it's probably like a weirder conversation for him to be having like it's it's almost like saying like you know if we were dating what what would you suggest we do sort of thing I guess maybe he thinks if he asks Chandler or Joey, he's going to be ridiculed because they're going to yes. be like, especially from Joey, like you've been dating how long and you've still not had sex. Like, yeah. Maybe he's worried that that's what the response he'd get. But, yeah, I, yeah, I assume so, right? But I, maybe it's an American thing. Like in Britain, like I'd have that conversation with you, like you'd tease me for about 10 minutes and then we'd be like, right, let's try and work out what's going on. Yeah. Like you'd get there eventually. I'd just have to put up with the, <laughs> yeah. the banter before I got the help. But, uh, but I wonder if you ask some of your female friends if you'd kind of get a different response. Well, probably. I'm pretty open, and so are a lot of my, especially my female friends. Like, my female friends are probably the reason I'm overly open, because I used to be really, like, emotionally closed off and wouldn't express feelings. And then one of my friends insisted on hugging me every day at work for, like, two years. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, hi, I'll ever share immediately. <laughs> oh, oh did, the, did the floodgates open? <laughs> yeah. So, so I probably would, I've got an open conversation anyway, so I'd probably get a, a decent result, I guess. But I wouldn't ask a girl I'd been into for years. But anyone, this isn't like he's met Rachel five no. minutes ago and like she's cute. He's fancied her since he was a teenager. Since That's why I think it's weirder. A schoolboy. Like if I had that girl in my life, I wouldn't be like, let's talk about me having sex with someone else. It'd just be. That's why. That's why I think it's weird him asking her because it's almost like he's he wants her personal answer, not help for him and Julie. Yeah, and then Rachel basically fails immediately by being unkind well yeah she's not helpful at all is she like you know she says women will find it sexy if a man doesn't want to have sex and she's basically cock blocking him for her own selfish needs and gains well she thinks she is but i'm oblivious for the most part as we've pointed out and i tend to find that because i don't know that a woman's waiting for me to make a move I don't make a move because I don't think they want me to or I haven't noticed that they want me to. And eventually, the frustration builds to the point where they basically make the move and I'm like, oh, they wanted me to do that the whole time. So it does kind of work. Well, yeah, I guess people want what they can't have, right? So even if you're 
that the, it probably gets to a point now though, where you can actually like yes no like i don't want to provide whatever it is whether it is a relationship or food or presence or whatever right and then it gets to a point where like they just either get annoyed with it and disappear or they tell you like you're doing things wrong so so you know I guess it's all how it comes across. Like, if it comes across like they're playing games, you'd get tired and leave. Yes. If they come across like an idiot, like I would, <laughs> you'd probably find it endearing him, but like, idiot has no like, idea. Like, he, like she's, she's right for a little bit. Like, if he met, met a woman and was like, straight away, like, hey, do you want to come back to mine? Like, she might instantly be like, no. No. But if he's like, hey, you know, I just want to get to know you. Like, that, that is more appealing to people. So, like, yes, Rachel is, you know, right in that sense, but she's literally doing it to say, you know, I want you to basically be the worst boyfriend you can be. Even when another man, she says she wants another man, you should be like, no. Like, I'm not going to give you what you want. Like, she, she's been horrible at this point. But can you imagine, you imagine that situation where, like, you haven't put out and your girlfriend comes into you and says, right, if you don't put out tonight, I'm going to sleep with another man. That would be the worst possible ultimatum you could give me. Because the, even if I was absolutely aching to have sex with you, I'd be like, go on because oh, I don't don't give me that ultimatum because I will immediately not back down. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's that's a you problem because I think most people be like, oh, I didn't realise. I'm just like, go on, him. see yeah. what happens when you do. <laughs> I won't be waiting around for that nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, I, Rachel has just been absolutely horrible here. She she could have done it in a way where she's not really helping, but also not trying to like ruin his relationship as well. Yeah, like he's happy with Judy. He likes Judy. Like it's. All this stuff is just he's got a mental block because, you know, he's he's in a new relationship for like the first time in, you know, 10 years or whatever it is. It's also kind of, I can't tell if it's innocently naive of Ross or a bit insulting that he seems to think that he had some impact on Carol being <laughs> gay. Like, it's, it's almost like egocentric in the sense it's like, I made one woman. You didn't make Carol gay. No. Carol was gay, realised she was gay and left. It's not like she turned... He turned Carol gay. There wasn't some no. like, particular technique that Ross employed during their courtship that was like, she oh, well, you hit the lesbians, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She wasn't like, oh, I decided I don't like men now because of what Ross did. She, no. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's weirdly egocentric. Like, oh, I must have caused this problem. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. But how can Ross take this seriously? I mean, also, this is a massive tangent. There's a really tasty looking cake behind Rachel this entire scene. And every time I watched the episode, I was sat there going, oh, that's some cake. That's what, that's what you was looking at the whole time? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was sat there just like, that okay, cake looks nice. And I want cake. I mean, I didn't have any cake in the house. So I just sat there whinging to myself that I didn't have cake. And I'm like, right, pay attention to the episode. And I'm like, I am. Maybe okay. this is why Ross takes the advice seriously, because he's just there thinking, we should have some cake right now. Yeah, where's the cake? Uh, a Madison Square Garden, Phoebes and Duncan meet. Uh, he's in a bullfighter's outfit. And it gets awkward because she clearly has feelings for him. She does, which is weird because she's not seen him in forever. So yeah. I wonder, like, does she have feelings for Duncan or did she have feelings for Duncan? But then in her head with her kind of like, oh, he is my gay husband fantasy. She built this, like, unrealistic idea of what Duncan's like. Well, yeah, because we don't know anything like, we don't know how long they were friends for. Because like, he was clearly across the border somewhere. I assume Canada. Yeah. Um, and then, like, did they get married and then he never saw her again? Or what? And, and when did he say he was gay and stuff well, like this? It's weird because it implies that they're super close because they got married so he could stay in the country. But then he reveals that he's got a brother who's straight. And Phoebe's like, you've got a brother? Yeah. And it's like, well, how, how, 
Well, did you know what kind of whirlwind romance marriage was this? Like, did you meet on a Sunday afternoon and got married on Wednesday? Like, yeah, like how do you know each other? Because this is like sort of pre-internet time in a sense. Yeah, like surely siblings would have came up before you got married. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I don't understand. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Watching Friends is part of the HyperX podcast network. HyperX are our sponsor and the maker of the acclaimed Quadcast and Quadcast S microphones. Quadcast USB mics look and sound amazing and they're packed with features. With four selectable polar patterns, you'll get great sound no matter what you're recording. The included shock mount and pop filter mean you won't have to shell out extra cash for a great setup. Then there's the eye-catching LED indicator and tap-to-mute sensor, so you can tap in and tap out to stop broadcasting accidents. It's time for you to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast and Quadcast S. Hi, we have a podcast where we go to Podford University, a fake college where you... Wait, 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 it's fake? Yeah, what? I just paid tuition. I same. I did too. To who? Uh, well, uh, well, we're doing the ad. I, let me finish. Find Podford University available wherever podcasts are sold, and on the HyperX Podcast Network. It's time to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. The stunning HyperX Quadcast S features dynamic, customizable RGB lighting a convenient tap-to-mute sensor, and four selectable polar patterns, so we can broadcast crystal-clear audio whether you're gaming, streaming, podcasting, or impressing your remote colleagues and classmates. So what are you waiting for? Join the Quad Squad and tap in today with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. We then go to Ross's apartment and he's had a bit of a makeover now. He's got lots of chairs and tables and it's a much nicer feeling in his apartment. Yes. Now it looks like an apartment that a woman has been in. Okay. As opposed to the apartment before that was bare minimum bloke, table, chair, sofa. Like the, well, the lads decorate his apartment, there's nothing in it. And it looks like men just kind of went, I need this, this and this without realising they actually need a hundred more things. As, as we discussed before, it didn't look like a men's apartment though. It looked like prop department had stuff to, to fill out the room. So it's nice that it looks like, you know, someone lives there and it, it feels more part of Ross, I guess. Yeah, it looks a bit lived in. Uh, Ross also doesn't ever look lock his apartment um, and the gang just walk in as he's uh, kissing Julie. I mean, maybe locking your apartment isn't something you do in New York. No, maybe we should try that. Just wander in, see what what house we can enter. I mean, I'm sure I said before that when I lived in my old rough area, we'd never. Yes, the yeah, door, you said yeah. But in my apartment, we would. So I don't get it at all. 
Uh, Ross then thanks Rachel for the talk. He's decided to ignore her advice after talking to Joey, though. And we're going to hear that right now. Hi, everyone. Hi. Oh, Hi. Oh, listen, listen. Hi. Oh. I just I wanted to thank you for uh, a little talk before. Oh, God, no problem. Okay. So you're going to go with the uh, waiting thing? Well, I was going to, but after I talked to you, I talked to Joey. <laughs> What did, what did he say? Basically, he told me to get over myself and just do it. Oh. You know, so I thought about what you said, and I thought about what he said, and, well, his way I get to have sex tonight. Oh, so, God. Uh... <laughs> I feel like everyone just ends up talking to Joey and just going, yeah, I prefer Joey's route. Let's do that. Well, as Ross says, Joey's route, you get to have sex tonight. That's true. Then in this kind of situation, you do just kind of need to... No, that's a terrible phrase. You was going to say man up, right? No, I was going to say you need to get back on the saddle. <laughs> okay. But you need, to, you need to just get on with it because you're just going to get in your own head about it and freak it out. Like, being intimate with someone for the first time isn't an ordeal. It's not an ordeal, but it can be potentially nerve-wracking. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's like tra- traumatic experience or <laughs> hostage negotiation. <laughs> but, but it, you know, there's the whole... Anxiety if you know they've not seen me naked yet. Will they like what they see? Or will they like the third nipple? Or? Yeah, like how will that? How will it be? Is it going to be great? Is it going to be awful? What if they're into weird things like feet? Like you know, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's stuff you worry about. That, that's never been my first worry. Is if they're into feet? Oh, I always it's always like right. So we haven't discussed feet because it can't bring it up because I didn't realise that this was going to happen until it started happening. I don't put your foot in my face. Don't put your foot in my face. And thankfully, it's never happened. But I live in perpetual fear that I'll date a girl and she'll just stick toes in my face. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> slap her foot away. <laughs> and it'll ruin the whole mood. Yeah, feet, feet has never been first on my list of, of issues. There, there's way more things I can think of that are yeah. worse. But, uh... Appropriate parts of the body for sexy time. Starts the ankles and goes up. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, you, you've lifted up your... your, 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 your... Your trousers there. Oh, that is very hot there. I get to see a bit of ankle. Victorian gentleman. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chandler then walks in with Joey's porno movie. Perfect after dinner watching, I think. What is this in my pocket? Why, it's Joey's porno movie. <laughs> Pop it in. I'm fine with it. I mean, if you're okay watching a video filled with two nippled people. <laughs> having sex that's just what i need to see what's wrong with people having sex well well um you know these movies are offensive and uh degrading to women and females (laughs) and uh and the lighting's always unflattering (laughs) and monica help me out here hell i want to see joey Is there like a story or do they just start doing it right? Oh, never mind. Okay, now wait a minute. That is the craziest typing test I've ever seen. All I say is, she better get the job. Looks to me like he's the one getting the job. Shh, okay, here I come. Here I come. See, I'm coming to fix the copier. I can't get to the copier. I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I do? So I just watch him have sex. 
And then I say, wait, here's my line. You know, that's bad for the paper tray. <laughs> nice work, my friend. Thank you. Wait, 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 you see me again. Hang on, the guy's butt's blocking me. There I am. 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 You know, the, the line, that's bad for the paper tray. My joke. My joke. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole scene is, is just brilliant as it just kind of like builds up and builds up. Um, the group watching porn together is a bit icky, as Rachel clearly feels. Uh, if they were watching porn together, I would agree. But they're not watching porn together. They're watching Joey together and he happens to be in a porno. I guess so. It's, it's a bit weird. Like To me, the focus isn't the porn. The focus is Joey. Yes. If they're all like, oh, I've just bought like backdoor darlings number seven or whatever, that would be weird. Or, or, or Phoebe uh, Buffet in Vampire Lair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which actually, yeah, I guess they watch that one as well, don't they? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, Rachel feels it's degrading and offensive to, to women or females, as she likes to call them. Uh, the, the lighting is unflattering in this. It's like, really? Like, I thought, you know, they normally have the best lighting and the best looking people. Oh, I don't know. I haven't really watched a myriad of points. <laughs> Have you not, Ryan? <laughs> to, to that, but I mean, I would agree it's degrading to women in part. It's this weird thing where you get kind of stuck with like postmodern feminism where you're like, is it degrading or is it empowering? And I'm like, well, I guess it depends which side of the, you know, the DVD you're sitting on. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess now a lot of people say like it, it's it's empowering if you want to, to be in that sort of stuff. Um, I guess because the, the situation has changed where before you was in films and having to, you know, do things for, for people in studios, whereas now you can just do it yourself. I suppose it's the type of film you're in. Like, you know, if, if you're in some kind of parody of, like, Xena Warrior Princess, it's probably <laughs> going to be pretty empowering is the woman's going to be the, the powerful person, where if you're in, like, you know, Conan <laughs> does Dallas or whatever, it's going to be probably the way around. I don't know. It's As, as you've already said, you you don't watch many of these movies, Ryan. <laughs> No, <laughs> I can't. Like, this is this isn't an adult-rated podcast. All I'm saying is, what's the point in the preamble? Just get to the, you know. Well, that's that's what um, Julie was wondering. Is there going to be a story to this? Yeah, just get to the point. <laughs> you don't need the pizza delivery guy or the pool guy. No, I don't need plot. That's uh, not why I'm watching. Joey's line is just weird in it, though. Like, like if you're the director, why would you eat? Like, I could understand you maybe having Joey there in the background because that's a, a fantasy of someone, right? But him just then going, that's bad for the paper tray. Like, why would you even have him say anything? I find the whole notion weird. Like, I'm not having sex in the office. No. Like, I've been at work all day. I'm probably sweaty and gross and hungry and want to cook tea. People into all sorts of different things, Ryan. I'm sure I'm sure there's that fantasy as well. There's feet people out there. They're the same <laughs> yeah. people that were like, no, I'll ignore the cup of tea. And I'm like, you can't, it'll go cold. <laughs> no. But this this scene is so iconic, I think. And I almost wonder if the title should have been Joey's po- the one with Joey's porno. Because no one thinks about Phoebe's husband. No. No, no one's talking about that. Everyone brings up, that's bad for the paper tray. Yeah, oh, I there like I am. You there find I out am. that Joey, well, you find out that Phoebe had a husband and you have the shock moment. And after the initial shock, you kind of stop caring. Yes. Because you find out Joey was in a porno. And then he tries to defuse it. But yeah, you're right. This scene is just, it's one of those scenes. It's up there with, I take the Rachel and... Or many of a classic style, yeah. you know, I won't spoil. <laughs> well, yeah, de- definitely. Like, I-, I feel like now I don't care about Phoebe's husband at this point. Like, the whole the whole storyline, just, yeah, she has a husband, not into her, the end. Like, really don't care. It doesn't change the character in the way it should do. 
No. Whereas this, like, fits Joey, and it's really funny. I think that's the main thing, is this is funny. Yeah, I don't remember if I got the, there I am, there I am, there I am <laughs> joke, the first. But I was trying to say earlier, where how old was I when Friends initially aired? And I don't know if, like, nine-year-old, ten-year-old Ryan would have necessarily got the, there I am, yeah. there I am joke. <laughs> it, well, it's obvious. He's going, oh, the, but, the guy's butt is blocking, blocking me. So he's like... Spells it out. Well, I hadn't watched porn at ten mark. So. No, but but he does he does spell out like he's being blocked. I guess I assume I understood it, but I'm just curious if I actually did. But yeah, it's it's it should be clumsy because there's a giant kind of exposition setup of the joke with the my butts the guy's butts blocking. Yeah. So it shouldn't be funny because you've had to put so much work into getting to the joke, but somehow it's hilarious. Well it's for me it's Joey just going, Oh, I enter the scene. It's like, I can't fix the copier. What do I do? What do I do? So I just sit there. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, Joey said it was just like amazing scene where he was acting his yeah. heart out. And it's like, no, Joey, you just stood behind people. Yeah I, yeah, I guess as an actor, he's got to think like, what's my character's motivation here? Like, what's his background? Uh, like, we, we're going to do an episode soon uh, covering uh, James Michael Tyler on the Patreon. Yes. Uh, so it's going to be Patreon. Uh, I don't think it'll be exclusive. I think we, we're going to let this out to everyone. Um, but in there, he was like talking about how he was thinking about Gumpfer and being like, you know, I thought Gumpfer actually slept in like the back of Central Perk. Like that's where he lived. <laughs> he, he didn't have like an apartment. He just lived in like the office or the stock room or whatever. Um, so I guess like, you know, actors do think about like, what's, what's my motivation? What am I doing here? What's the character thinking at this time? Yeah. Whereas me and that. you would just be like, well, I'm just going to sit in the chair over there because that's what I'm meant to do. Being an extra in porn must be awful. It'd be one of the worst actions you get. Like being an extra in general would be weird because you've got to like mime a conversation. You'd be like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't mime on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just silence for two minutes. But you know, because I'd be sat there like miming in the background, chatting to you, and I'd be like, oh my God, like the rock is over there. It'd be like really cool. Yeah. But in porn, it would be if we're like, gross, look what they're doing in front of me. I need to see this this close up. Yeah. Or. Oh, look what I'm watching. <laughs> I don't know which way it would be, but it'd be so awkward. So, so you'd rather be a fluffer then? No, definitely not. Because <laughs> then you, I'm sure you don't get paid the same wage. <laughs> no. If I'm doing half the work and getting half the money at all, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just definitely not. I'm, I'm sure some people out there would probably do it for free. Um, this, you know, as we said, it's easily one of the most iconic moments of the show and such a fantastic joke. Uh, but... Back to Phoebe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that moment you are kind of like giggling. Like I find that I laugh so much at the end of the scene that I kind of clip the the rest of the start of this scene well, where I'm too I guess, busy laughing. I guess they fade it out because he's going, there I am, there I am. And like the scene fades out. It's not a hard cut. Um, and fades out to, to Phoebe and, and Duncan. But he needs a divorce because he's getting married again, I guess. So, um, so what's up? You came to see me yesterday. Oh, yeah, um, all right. I kind of need a divorce. Oh, okay. <laughs> How come? Um, actually, I'm getting married again. What? Oh, God, I don't know how to tell you this. I'm straight. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. How can you be straight? I mean, you're, you're so smart and funny, and you throw such great Academy Award parties, you know? That's what I kept telling myself, but you just reach a point where you can't live a lie anymore. So how long have you known? 
Well, I guess on some level I always knew I was straight. But... I thought I was supposed to be something else. You know, I'm an ice dancer. All my friends are gay. I was just trying to fit in, you know? And, um, and there's actually a, a woman? Her name's Deborah. Oh. Well, is she, is she the first that you've been with? Well, I've never told you this, but there were one or two times back in college when I'd get really drunk, go to a straight bar and wake up with a woman next to me. <laughs> but I, I, I told myself it was the liquor and everyone experiments in college. Sure. But now I know I don't have a choice about this. I was born this way. So whilst listening to that clip, two thoughts came to mind. The first one is that when you watch Friends, clearly there's like scenes like this where you kind of just kind of gloss over them and you kind of forget about them because the, the other parts are funny and they're more memorable. So like you, I never watch an episode and go, oh, this, you know, this scene's coming up. More, it's just, it's, it's just there, happens in the background and then moves on to something much better, right? Okay. And I think this is one of those scenes. And the second was we've got another one where they've kind of taken the, the classic trope and then just switched it around basically. And we had that with Rachel and Monica a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. where uh, I was thinking about you the whole time. Yes, yeah. that, that one. And, and we basically got, you know, like he's like, oh, you know, I'm straight. I thought I was meant to, you know, be gay, not straight, basically. And do, doing that whole speech. Yeah. Well, this whole speech and trope of I'm straight is something that I've seen multiple times in different shows. I'm pretty sure Friends was the first time I saw it. And now it kind of comes to cuffers like, oh, okay, great. Like, I don't care. Like, this isn't funny anymore because yeah. no one cares. No sensible person cares about sexuality anymore. It just is what it no. is. But one thing I did find weird is that the main thing I love about rewatching Friends was how I'm not the same person I was when I watched Friends originally or the fourth time or the tenth time, but watching it the hundredth time. When Phoebe gasps about him getting married again, I was kind of like, Dudes can get married. Then I remembered <laughs> that men couldn't get married to each other. Like gay couples couldn't get married in the 90s. No. And for this like brief moment we're watching that, I like pause the episode and I was like, oh my God. It was like this like really surreal moment where I remembered that, you know, we've it's only recently happened and, you know, society's got its ideas together somewhat. And I was like, huh, that's, that's crazy. And it's just odd how the kind of societal context for the episode I'm watching was so different to the society I'm currently saying. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right there, really. Like I didn't even think of it in that that way like how how it's changed because you know she is she shocked at the time that he's just getting married or he's getting married to a woman now well that's the thing it's, it's not there's no implication of like she could he could be marrying a man he says in the 90s i'm getting married again yes and in the context of society in the show that means to a woman and that was the part that kind of struck me right it was like oh yeah like getting married then meant to the opposite sex. Yes. Whereas now getting married can mean to anyone of any sex or gender. Well, yeah, because like, it's, it's funny. He goes, oh, you know, so he's just trying to fit in. He's a nice dancer. That's what everyone does. Like, I feel like there are scenes out there that, that, that people do try to do things to fit in. And there, there probably are people out there who have been in certain circles where they're like, oh, you know, I, I have to pretend to be gay because, you know, that's what's expected of me when you do this activity. Yeah, well, it's, it's no real different to pretending to be straight when you're not, I no. guess. Like, there's a famous British TV personality that's, like, in his 50s, and he eventually came out after having, like, a wife and kids, and he just felt like he was never able to, 
and it, you know it's a real thing that happens. Uh, well, it, it it happens now still, doesn't it? As, as footballers who who come out now, even recently, a couple of weeks ago, and they're like, I felt like I couldn't because you know I would be judged for it. Yeah, it's such a ridiculous. Well, it's not a ridiculous idea because it potentially would be judged, but it's a ridiculous situation to have yeah. to be in. I, I feel like a, if you're a celebrity, it's more difficult. A normal person, no one cares or shouldn't care, right? But a celebrity, I guess they they have like a bigger personality and more people kind of invested in them and who they f- want them to be. Yeah, if I came out tomorrow, like 10 people would be even remotely interested or no. care. But if I was on TV every week, suddenly half the nation is invested in who I am as a person. Yeah. And if some, suddenly something about me offended them in some way for whatever ridiculous reason, there's more people to potentially have a backlash yeah. against. You know, Phoebe is upset over this. Like, she's acting like it's a proper breakup, uh, which is kind of weird because she hasn't seen him in a long time. Like, has she, as you said earlier, been living like this weird fantasy of like, yes, we're married and we're we're a great couple, and it's. Well, I nice. suppose there's the realization of before it was Duncan is gay. I can't have him, but I'm married to him. And if any, if she's probably thinking in her head, if any woman could have Duncan, it would be me. And now she's found out not only is he straight, he's found another woman and he's going to marry her. So Phoebe's basically being usurped and replaced. And it's that realisation of, oh, wait, I'm not, you know, he's not her lobster. Well, she's not his lobster. Yeah, I think that, that's even worse, isn't it? Like, yes, he, he potentially used her, but she, was, she's, she must have been aware of that, right? Like, he's going, I want a green card, let's get married. And she's gone, cool. Well, when they got married, she was... Thought she thought he was gay, so she entered into it in like, I like him, but he's gay, so I can't have him, so I'll be nice to my friend that I've got feelings for. Yeah. And then finding out years later, oh, wait, I potentially could have a relationship with Duncan because he's straight, but oh, wait, no, he's marrying someone else. Like, you kind of get the whole emotional kind of hit, I guess, of this could have been a possibility all yes. of a sudden. And then the moment you find out it could have been a possibility, it's already been dashed because yeah. he's marrying somebody else. Yeah, definitely. Pretty crap day for Phoebe. And actually kind of changes this whole scene and episode the way I'm thinking about it now, <laughs> where I'm like, Maybe this isn't the boring part of the episode. <laughs> well, I suppose it is because they don't, I'll be honest, they don't really go in a bit, they don't explore it. No, they, d- they don't take it any further than this. We never hear from him again or he's not even mentioned. No, like the, the break stuff happens and Rachel harps on about it for about 17 seasons. Yeah. That's what it feels like. <laughs> and then this happens to poor Phoebes and it's like, yeah, by the end of this scene, it's basically fine. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's a weird one. Like I, I think most people watch Friends because it's kind of lighthearted and fun. And these scenes are a bit more serious. And it's only when we're talking about it that we realise how how kind of deep and serious they kind of get. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's one of those things where if you watch the scene as, you know, we're two straight white dudes, and you watch this scene about a guy having to pretend to be gay to fit in, but then you watch a scene about a guy coming out, even if he's technically going in, however <laughs> <laughs> you'd use the phrase, um, it hits different because we, we, we've not had to struggle. We've not no. really had to hide who we are as people in a really serious way. No. Um, but if you're a kid at home who's in the similar situation of having to hide who you were, this scene probably hits you completely differently and has a much deeper resonance for you than it does for us. Yeah, I, I wonder if you find it funny or not, though, just because it's the reversal of the scene. Like Because it, it, like, he's not coming out, he's saying he's straight. So it's it's playing on that trope that we mentioned. But then would you, as, as someone who's gay, maybe struggling with coming out yourself, like find this weird? I, I don't know. I probably think you'd find it quite trite and a bit tacky. Yeah. Just, you'd be like, oh, yeah, great. Like, like to, if it was me, I, I think I'd feel in the head my sexuality is not like a punchline. Yes. It's who I am. So I wouldn't be, you know, particularly thrilled that it was being made like, oh, but at the same time, we're English. And if you offend me, it was probably funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're back at Ross's apartment and everyone is ready to head off, but Rachel wants to stay and uh, cock block some more. Yep, old cock block agreement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she wants to get to know Julie and we start with Julie's childhood. Um, yeah, so we're going to go into some boring detail there, which we're going to gloss over. Yep, and to that again. we're going to head quickly back to Phoebe. She signed the papers, but she wants to know if both the mood have got together and neither answer will ever make her feel better right yeah no like this is a predominantly a male thing where you ask dumb questions that you don't want the answer to. well yeah having some closure is great even if either answer is just going to be bad yeah like i've i've liked people in the past and then found out youngs later that they've liked me but neither one of us were in a position to do anything about it and it's just which was a bit weird of like oh that could have been a thing i guess that's the fomo isn't it like you've missed out I guess. I suppose it depends the current context you're in, I suppose. If you're currently happy, it bothers you less. Yeah. If you're currently miserable, yeah. and the idea that you could have been happy with this person, even though you have no realistic... You you always want to play with the timeline be like, right, can I just take that bit and move that back a bit here? And then we can line up all the happiness together instead of, like, crunching it all together. But I can only, like, enjoy a tiny bit of that happiness. Yeah, well, I guess it's also the, the wasted potential. Like, if you yes. find out, like, years later that it, it could have been a thing years ago, you're kind of like, wait... Why did I go through all this nonsense and crap if this could have been a thing? Yep. But then that's not how life works, I guess. Some things happen when they happen. Well, they share a kiss, but it's kind of a bit meaningless, right? Yeah, it's just... I don't think that would be worse. But I think, like... Uh, yeah, like, I, I've never had a situation like that. It seems to be almost like a TV situation where, you know, there's sadness, but they, they always have a romantic kiss, and you're like, well... No, because that will make you feel worse. Like, yeah, I don't need like the physical embodiment of let's just be friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I don't know because to, what if to you that kiss isn't what it is to them? To them, it's like exactly. a, it's an affectionate. Let's close this chapter on our story forever. The end. And then your brain, like if I really like a girl and liked her for years and she kisses me, my brain's not thinking this is the end. My brain's <laughs> like, well, who is the start? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a dumb and do- dumber moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like, so, so, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Again, men are dumb. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Julie is still telling us about her life and everyone is now basically asleep. Uh, Chandler has had enough and he's leaving and taking everyone with him. Like, yeah, good for Chandler. <laughs> well, what I find really funny about this scene is all the, the core group of friends know each other really well. Evidenced by, you know, let's watch someone's porno and talk to Rachel about sex. Yeah. So I wouldn't have any problem at this point if I was waiting to sleep with my partner and you were at my flat and wouldn't leave... If you were like, no, no, uh, tell us more about yourself, Ryan's new lady friend. <laughs> I'd be like, no, Mark, it's time to leave. See you later. Yeah. Goodbye. Throw your shoes out the door. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be remotely open by kicking you out. You, you, you would be one of those people who stands up and that's the sign of like, yes, I'm going to shuffle you out now. <laughs> the classic English, well, would you look at the time? Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what time it is. Yeah. It's just time to leave. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's late now, so no sex for Ross. Well, yeah. I guess. Uh, but, you know, Rachel then tries to get into his head some more, which pretty crappy of her in a way. Yeah, like, you know what? If you try it once, fair enough. You know, you're, you're in your own feelings and you're being a bit selfish, but I won't judge you too harshly. But it's so many repeated attempts to sabotage the Ross and Julie at this point that if you just took these three episodes in context, it would make you really dislike Rachel. Luckily, she's got a bunch of other time to make up for it. But right now, just on these, these few actions... 
But yeah. again, this is why we always talk about why people love the show and why it's still loved by so many people. Because they're not perfect, like, archetypal people. They all have problems and issues and faults. Yeah, they have depth to them, don't they? Like, yeah. you know, on, on the face of it, you wouldn't think Rachel would care at all. She would move on, find some other rich guy, right? Because that's her, that's her basic character type. But no, like, she's got depth here where she's like, no, I, I do want Ross now and I'm going to do things you wouldn't expect of me. Like, I'm going to try and sabotage him in a, in a conniving way, basically. Yeah. But now she's got into his head, he's nervous and uh, she can leave feeling good. But Ross explains like, you know, he's happy now after a horrible year. Well, sort of a horrible year, I guess. Like he lost his, his wife, but got a baby out of it, I guess. Yeah, like if this if this was like hockey and you'd be looking at his plus and minus, he's probably still in a minus. I guess so, yeah. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't want to mess this up, which is fine. Like... I feel at this point in his relationship with Julie, though, like he would have to do something spectacularly wrong, like maybe putting his foot in, in her face or something. Yeah, I would do it. To, to mess this up, yeah. Uh, at least Rachel actually realizes, realizes that, you know, she has been a horrible person, uh, you know. And then she goes on to explain how she would want someone to be spontaneous with her. So, you know, it's pretty late. You're probably not still planning on. Oh. No, no, I am. <laughs> oh, well, are, hey, are you nervous? Mm, no, no, I, uh, I have done it before. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, how are you going to handle it? I mean, are, are you going to gonna talk about it beforehand? Are you just going to pounce? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to see, see what happens. You know? <laughs> okay, good luck. What, uh, <laughs> what? Nothing. I mean, um, it is your first time with her, and you know, if the first time doesn't go well, well, then that's that's pretty darn hard to recover from. Okay, now I'm nervous. <laughs> Maybe you should put it off. No, no, I don't want to put it off. I. God, I'm just. I spent last year being so unbelievably miserable, you know, and now, now, I'm actually happy. You know, I mean, really happy. I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to mess it up, you know? I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's not your fault. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe it doesn't have to be this tough. I mean, maybe you were on the right track with that whole, you know, spontaneous thing. I mean, women really like that. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, if, I mean, if it were me, I, yeah. I, you know, I'd want you to. What? I don't know. I'd catch me off guard. You know, with like a really good kiss. You know, really sort of um, soft. At first, and then maybe um, brush the hair away from my face, uh. and then look in, far into my eyes in a way that lets me know something amazing is about to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, I don't know, then you'd... You'd pull me really close to you so that so that I'd be pressed up, you know, right against you. And um, it would get kind of 
sweaty and uh, and blurry and then it's just happening hmm. thanks Rich. good night <laughs> Are you hot in here, Ryan? It's, it's, it's hot in here now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this, to me, is an example of, of TV trickery, where the way Ross looks like Lee and Gillen, they're getting closer and closer, and it's hotter and hotter and getting mm. more you know, seductive and passionate and stuff. If that was real life, they're kissing. Yes, definitely. No yeah. way in you know, a month of Sundays that's not happening. No. But this is TV land where Ross turns his head at the last second. I, ge I guess Judy is in the room, so... I don't know, I'd never cheat, I guess. But in my mind, if that's going down, like it's, you, you're at least going to get close enough to the point where you realise you're about to make a mistake and then stop. You're not going to yeah. get close and then go, thank you! <laughs> Just like, like lean away. Um, well, especially as Ross is into Rachel. Like he's probably been waiting years for, for this kind of talk from her. And I mean, I guess once, if, you're, if you know, like mentally close the book on that for now, you wouldn't be like, oh, okay, this is the thing. But He's, he's not though, because he was flirting with her earlier yeah and the way this scene is acted there's definitely some heat going on um so it's not like he's just forgotten it's almost like rachel's been his fluffer and now he's after her at home julie um but what i find funny about this scene is i've been like anti rachel the entire episode i'm like no stop being mean and then ross turns away and walks in and then rachel looks so heartbroken <laughs> and dejected i'm like oh poor rachel <laughs> like, straight away you know, it's just kicks you in the crotch and spit on your neck. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, she she has kind of like been quite honest and and bared herself there. Like, in some ways, you could go, well, maybe she's she's just acting that. But I I think for this scene, she starts off normal, and then she gets into it. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and then I guess there's the talk of like, well, is this real heat there? Because apparently they both liked each other at the time. Yeah. And is this actually, oh, it's like post reunion episode. This is yeah. definitely like a, wait, was this a little bit, you know, like how many takes were there where they kissed? Yeah. Like, just some like secret <laughs> smut folder of friends where there's like 15 takes and they're making out on set. And I'm like, oh, th th this is where if you was Ross, uh, you would have been fired because you would have just gone in for the kiss and gone, what are you doing? Like, that's not meant to happen. You'd be like, oops. <laughs> Sexual harassment. Like, it's called ad-libbing. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the moment. I was acting. It's, it's improv. You just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's an interesting scene, right? And I, I think I think it does draw you in. Oh, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely sat at the back of your sofa, actually, like the back <laughs> of your seat, and then the longer this thing goes, you're kind of like, Oh, uh, he's like leaning forward, and you're like, "Oh, this got hot." And then, and then you get whiplash when he goes, "Thanks, Rach, bye." <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think you know people underestimate language and how seductive it can be if you know used properly. Mm. Rachel is definitely good at what she's doing at this point. It helps that she looks like Rachel. Yeah, but, I I feel like if you tried to do this, it would have got shut down very quickly. No, I'm pretty good with words. Well, I'm yeah, but, but in, I don't in, look but, like Rachel. Yeah, but in, yeah, in this situation, if you if you start doing this with a, a friend, I feel like a. Uh, they would probably shut down your your hotness pretty quickly. I don't know. I feel like it's because it's it's right. It's you telling someone what you'd want and then drawing that person in. Whereas I feel like a lot of time as men, men make the mistake of telling women what they want to do, for lack of phrase, to them yes. as opposed to with them. Yes. And then that's where it kind of falls down because it doesn't come across the same way. It comes across as odd. I was going to say that we've got another Patreon goal challenge <laughs> in the works here. Can Ryan seduce a friend and then just walk off by going thank you. 
<laughs> Alright, we'll, we'll give it a go. <laughs> get, uh, which friend are we going to nominate for me to try and seduce? It's like an awful idea. Yeah. Completely, ethically bankrupt. Yes. Yeah, I don't think we should do that. We're this. not going to do that. <laughs> um, you know, Rachel comes to her senses and, you know, the gang aren't perfect people. Which, as you said before, helps us like to connect as an audience and, and, you know, care about them, I guess. Yeah, when, when things do go well for them, you are really excited. Because I, I did see uh, something on Facebook, which is like, people watch Friends because like, they, they want their friends to be like this. And I think that's kind of true. Like people, people get invested in Friends because they want that kind of happy relationship, but they don't have in their lives. And, I've, and I don't think anyone has a, has a group of friends like the Friends do, or the Big Bang Theory do, or whatever. Well, it's because... In a sitcom, everyone's perfectly yes. selected for their individual quirky traits, whereas most friendship groups tend to have similar traits. That's why you're friends in the first place. That, and also just like, you know, they don't tend to go to work a lot. <laughs> I mean, if you lose Big Bang for you in the example, like, I'm a nerd, and I live with nerdy friends, and we didn't live across the hall from a really hot girl that was a bit of an oblivious idiot. Although I don't like Big Bang Theory, so it's a bad example. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, no, it's... it's it's clearly a fantasy. Like, this friendship group could never exist in real life. And certainly with the arguments they have would probably not last in this way. I think they could all be friends in real life. I don't think they'd be as close as they are. No, they, they wouldn't be the six of them every day hanging out at the coffee no. shop. Like, hanging out with your old school friend and her older brother and he's mate and their flatmate and then Phoebe's from somewhere. Like, da- daily. Yeah, it's like, no, they'd, they'd see each other now and then. Maybe a function. Like, Monica's birthday, it would happen. Yeah. But that'd be about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we then have uh, the credits rolling, and Ross is walking through the streets as he's singing in the rain. Plays. Uh, yeah, you can tell. You can definitely tell, like when when people got some last night for sure. And Ross is definitely showing that with how happy he is. This is true. I see. I sing a lot, not well, but I sing stuff. Apparently, when I am in a good mood, I sing what I'm doing. Yeah, we've gone through this before. Yeah. Now. I've been out on dates before that have ended in a satisfactory manner. <laughs> and then, like, been around mates or family and been singing, and I've gone, oh, Ryan's date went well. And I'm like, that's not why I'm singing about making a cake or whatever the hell I'm No, you're, you're in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. Now, is that because the date went satisfactorily? Probably. But <laughs> I present the idea. I feel sorry for these women where you're like, the date was satisfactory. I will see you in two half days. I'm trying to not be crude, Mark. <laughs> but... I resent the idea that my entire mood and my singing and skipping down the road and singing in the rain and swinging around the lamppost is entirely because our date went well. Yeah, I, I, I think he like he acts it well, but it is, it is true. Like when people have a, a great date, their mood definitely changes. Yep. Um, and, you know, Ross, uh, he did have a good night twice, in fact, he did. Uh, which is, is a weird boast for him. Yeah. <laughs> like, trying to remain PG, I was like, it's like twice, and I'm like, is that rare? Yeah, <laughs> or, like... or are you thinking the uh, the first time doesn't count like Barry? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I was more like, where was Judy's reaction? We should have had like a parallel shot of like of, of what just her like uh, totally dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> No, I meant her having the same kind of happy walk down the street. Like, they kiss at the like, apartment door right. and then walk in separate directions and we follow each of them on their happy I, 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 f- I feel like hers would be quite normal and just relaxed and there's Ross just, like, jumping on lampposts and stuff. Maybe. I mean, 
at this point, Julie's not yet a lesbian, so you know Ross's fear didn't come true. Does it does it work that quickly? It didn't for uh, his previous relationship. took took a few years. Maybe Ross is better at making lesbians. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but. Yeah, it, it, it is very funny. And the two, two old ladies are like brilliantly cast and they're like, oh, and they're like shocked yeah. and appalled by his like, you know. Well, well they're kind of being a bit snidey at first. Like, oh, you know, someone got some. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then him like actually calling their bluff on that and like, they're like, oh, shocked. Didn't expect to, him to like say something back to us. Yeah, and it's like, how, how, how distasteful. And it's like, you started it, old ladies. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I really like this episode. I, I think the Phoebe stuff um, kind of fades away into the background pretty quickly it, and the scenes are not very long either for her no i feel it's like an episode of two halves like as an episode that i'm watching as a fan all of the joey there i am there i am stuff steals the <laughs> yeah. episode yep. as a podcast i feel like all of the phoebe stuff steals the episode because it's definitely more interesting i guess as we talk about it more yeah, yeah. It, it stands out differently compared to just watching it yeah, as a talking point it beats there i am there i am hands yeah. down but as entertainment joey wins and we also get a lot of lore i guess from this episode where you got Chandler's third nipple, which appears quite a few times coming up. True. Especially when he gets it cut off. Uh, we get some fun Bobby stuff as well, and, you know, bits of Monica. Um, obviously, Joey's acting career. Although I've been thinking about sex on the terrace with fun Bobby. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's a clip worth saving. <laughs> Since you mentioned it, and I'm like, there's probably near enough a decade maybe or at least like six seven eight years between sex on the terrace knickers on the line and chandler like that's a lot of change to go through as a person oh yeah definitely like, you know when you're 22 you might be into sex on the terrace but when you're 32 not so much yeah like it's cold <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean you're not as flexible as you used to be my back hurts <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a twinge it's true <laughs> You know, like people make signs getting out of chairs. Imagine what outside balcony sex is going to be like in your late 30s, early 40s. Like, it's not going to hit the same way as in your 20s. Oh, I feel like we should have ended this podcast five minutes ago. <laughs> I see that. I was like, I haven't overshared or said anything inappropriate with the episode. And there uh, you go. It's looking at the end. Right. Well, I think uh, we should probably bring the episode to an end. I think that's the perfect ending to leave it on, isn't it? <laughs> Unplug Ryan's mic. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, we're going to be back next week. Uh, we've got a Patreon that we've talked about in previous episodes. Um, come and join us there. Yes, you can join us from one pound a day, not a day. Sorry. A day. <laughs> yes, please join us from one pound a day. Uh, it's one pound a month, and there is uh, other tiers like the five pound a month tier where you get exclusive content like uh, our podcast where we're going to talk about James Michael Tyler. And we're going to go through and give the pros and cons of who we think should be the best friend. I feel like everyone just shouted out the correct answer. Right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone said the yeah. same name. I don't, no, I don't think they would. No, you don't think they would? No. I, I think there's a... If Facebook memes are anything to go by, <laughs> the community definitely has a consensus. Well, talking about Facebook memes, we're going to talk about those as well in a future episode on the Patreon. And I would like us to start covering episodes... As in the TV show episodes. I think it might be. That's what we do. Yes. <laughs> We've um, been doing it for a while now. So the, the, the TV show episodes uh, stars Matt LeBlanc yeah. as Matt LeBlanc. And um, it's very, very funny. I've not seen any of it. It's, it, it's stupidly funny. Like, he's playing an over-exaggerated version of him. He, he comes across as a bit of a horrible person in it on purpose. Yeah. Because it's, it's basically following his acting career after Friends and kind of not really 
going anywhere with it. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the episodes actually features uh, James Michael Tyler oh, nice. uh, as as uh, Matt LeBlanc is trying to get the Friends cast back together for one last time, and <laughs> and you know kind of fails there. Um, I would like us to to cover that on the Patreon because I I think it's a it's a nice segue from Friends, and it features Matt LeBlanc. I mean, yeah, he's definitely like I guess my favorite of the cast, yes. not in terms of character, but as you know, like of all the people in the show. Well, he's the one I want to hang out with the most. Well, I'd like to also cover Joey as well. I don't remember much of Joey other than the the girl who played is it his cousin was also in the Sopranos. Yeah, we've we've gone through that before. Yeah, that's all I remember. So we're gonna do lots of exclusive content on there. The rest of um. This show will still remain free, so every week you'll get your your friends episode. Dose uh, of what's happening yeah. in my life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much right. Should have just called it like talking to Ryan. Ryan's gossip will remain free. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know the the patron will help support us, and and that's part of like helping us to to continue to do this really, uh, because we both have full time jobs which yep. do get in the way, and we have like equipment we want to buy, and we want to get in guests and stuff so uh the idea of the patron is basically for for those that who are able to they can help support us uh through the different tiers there's also going to be a 20 pound tier where you get to be an executive producer Ooh. for the podcast i don't know what that means um but basically you'll get some extra ber- benefits and perks for that and you'll be able to chat to us and th- there's loads of other cool stuff on there I'll, I'll, i guess we should probably do a proper episode discussing like it in a detail. A rundown of the actual page. Yes, yes. Yeah. But you, you can check it out at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. So if you can support us and you want some extra content as well, um, you know, please do. Yeah, greatly appreciate it if you do. Yep. And until then, we will be back next week. Definitely. Yep. We're going to be back next week uh, with season two, episode five, the one with the five steaks and an eggplant. Yes, a very touchy episode and one that has lots of Lots of, ooh, this is relevant to real life sometimes, and it's super awkward yeah. kind of moment. So, yeah, great fun. So, so more Ryan tangents is what you're saying? Maybe. But <laughs> I just, it's, it's one of the episodes where you kind of like, I feel like every friendship group has had that kind of episode in their life at some yeah. point. Uh, so that, that's going to be interesting. I uh, hope you've really enjoyed this episode. Where can we find you, Ryan, if we want to hear more about your, your tangents and, and stories? You can find me at oversharing.com. You can't. I don't know if that's your website. Don't Google it in case it's some horrific. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at gamehope.co.uk doing all the usual gaming and tabletop nerdy shenanigans. And you can always find me at fuzzballs.co. That's what keeps me super busy all the time, uh, where I draw little cute cartoons of cats and tigers and bunnies as they uh, go on the hunt for friendship and fun and food, pretty much like the, yep. the friends, I guess. And I sell those on like T-shirts and other merch. So you should go and buy them. Um, I would say for Christmas, but this episode will probably come out after Christmas. So, but I'm contractually prohibited from telling you what keeps me busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, Ryan has a full-time job, is what we'll say. <laughs> yeah, Ryan is employed. For, for a famous company. Um, yeah, so that, that's us, really. Um, I think that's the end of this episode. So thank you for listening. Yeah, cheerio.